What's happening, my Jack family? Coach Scott here, Jack at 40.com and Shredded at 40.com. Welcome to another episode of the Jack at 40 podcast. Today, we're going to review a recent research paper that compared men in their early 20s to men in their late 40s, early 50s when it comes to workout recovery. The paper came to the conclusion that there is no difference in workout recovery between the two groups. Now, I've already seen some fellow bros over 40. I've seen some fellow physique coaches out there already spreading the word that if you're over 40, you can still train like you did in your 20s. And I think that is a bit naive. It definitely goes in the face of a lot of anecdotal evidence out there, hear from a lot of our fellow men over 40 that they're just not recovering like they used to when they were younger, and a lot of program designed from some great coaches out there really kind of cater to this idea that if you're over 40, workout recovery, I talk about this a lot, is one of the key factors in your overall program design. A lot of these coaches will program in more rest days, only train three days per week, four days per week, finding that more optimal for men over 40 and definitely decreasing the training volume because we just can't recover from the training volume that we used to when we were younger. Again, I think that's a bit naive as well. Now, I am absolutely freaking stoked to see this kind of research being conducted right now because up to this point, it's just been based on anecdotal evidence. It's just been hearsay, assuming that us men over 40 don't recover as well as we did in our 20s. The tough part when it comes to research in this aspect of our lifestyle and our training is that I think it's very difficult to measure. Uh, in this study, they were looking at force production, comparing it between workouts. If, if you were able to produce the same kind of force production, during that second workout afterwards uh, as you did the first time. And again, both groups in their 20s and their late 40s, early 50s were able to produce the same amount of force uh, between workouts. They looked at um, measuring muscle soreness, which again is very, very individual. I know some people, for some of my clients, I could beat the living crap out of and they never experienced any kind of muscle soreness. Other people, low volume training, boom, like, muscle soreness like crazy. Certain certain muscle groups have create a little bit different kind of muscle soreness than others. So I think going based on muscle soreness is a tough gauge of our workout recovery. Um, other factors looked at was your your perceived perceived ability to perform the workout as well. So before you're facing that next bout of, of training there, do you feel like you're recovered enough? Do you feel like you have your full strength, endurance, and you're ready to give the best of yourself to this uh, training aspect? They also looked at uh, creatine kinase in the bloodstream, blood lactate levels, um, a few other different little factors. But again, it's just so, I think it's very tough to measure to use a lot of those factors and, and, and really truly understand did we recover well enough between workouts. But we're just working with what we have right now. That's all you can ever do with research. That's why we just gotta take it all with a with a grain of salt. Um, but there's so many things, so many factors that go into our workout recovery that I think even make it tough to control those aspects when it comes to studying these things. Biggest thing is sleep. Like you'd have to really look at control, control everyone's sleep. Everyone's gotta get at least, like everyone, gets eight hours of sleep each and every night consistently throughout this entire study um, to, in order to produce the best results and to really show that people were comparing, uh, recovering the similar um, among groups. Quality nutrition, getting an adequate amount of macronutrients, micronutrients to recover from your workout. Your stress, uh, life stresses can have an impact on your workout recovery. Um, whether you're incorporating any kind of 
um, on your feet, doing some active recovery, like gentle walking and getting out for a, a brisk walk at night. Like different little factors like this, there's so many different factors that can play a key role in your ability to recover from your training. Big thing, like in the training, within the training itself, even if you keep training volume equated throughout, you really gotta make sure, like, are you training the same amount uh, close to failure? Because training, the more, the closer you tra train to failure, the longer it's gonna take you to recover. If you are forcing out reps at the end of your set, that's gonna take you a lot to recover from than if you leave a rep in the tank. So, so many different factors that you really have to control when you're trying to measure workout recovery. So I, I find it, it's, it's difficult. It's really difficult to say. And, and so you hear the anecdotal evidence from people and you hear some men over 40 say, I just don't recover like I did in my, my 20s. Well, if you're stressed like crazy, you're sleeping like crap, your nutrition isn't quite on point, and you're taking every single set that you do to the point of failure, maybe even beyond the point of failure, struggling, like really trying to grind out reps on your own or forcing out reps with a workout partner, that can have a huge factor in your workout recovery. The, the way you structure your training, the training split that you're following, the exercise selection that you're performing, there's so many different factors. So you hear from one guy not recovering very well, you hear from another guy, like, I'm freaking recovering like a champ right now. Everything is fantastic. Bring it on. Give me more. Uh, we are all different. Now the thing is, this study didn't look at volume and how much volume us men over 40 can recover from compared to when we were in our 20s. And not just volume, but volume, like sets taken to that point of momentary muscular failure, at least close to that point of momentary muscular failure where you're creating enough mechanical tension to produce that adaptive response, cause your muscles to grow. Those are the kind of studies that I would really love to see come out after the study right now. I hope this just kind of laid the groundwork here, but this study just looked at squats, eccentric squats, one movement and how well we're recovering uh, from that movement. So to base your opinion that us men over 40 recover the same as we do when we're 20s, based on one exercise movement, I just think it's like, it's a, that's why I think it's very naive to, to form that opinion. I think it's food for thought, um, but we need to see a lot more out there. And, and, and again, like I, th I still think up to this point, we really need to rely a lot on anecdotal evidence, but we really need to rely on our self awareness. That is, it's again, the message that I continue to drill home through these Jack Death for Your Life videos is you really need to have a heightened sense of awareness when it comes to your training, your nutrition, your lifestyle. And it's one thing to maybe follow a four-day training plan, a four-day split. Um, your volume around 12 to 16 sets per workout, see how you recover from that. But you got to make sure like your lifestyle is pretty consistent. And a lot of times, for a lot of people, it's not. Like our stress levels vary. You can try to keep your sleep schedule pretty consistent for the most part. You can try to keep your calorie intake for the, very similar for the most part, but still life stresses and certain factors come into play when it uh, that can have an influence on, on our recovery. So I really think it's it's great to, if you are have been accustomed to performing lower volume training, why not push the envelope a little bit, keep everything the same, keep your nutrition the same, your sleep, your everything the same, um, and see how your body responds to the extra training volume. If you're used to high volume training, pull it back a bit, see how your body responds. Again, I find that's the, the more challenging aspect mentally to reduce the training volume because you're afraid that you're, you're gonna lose your gains if you reduce it, but I say more times than not, 
Those people who have been doing high volume month after month, year after year, pull back the volume, their bodies respond exceptionally well to that lower volume. And then when they start building the volume back up again, their bodies, their muscles are now resensitized to the training stimulus and their body responds even better than it was when they were continually uh, remaining at that high uh, volume training. So once again, it just that heightened sense of awareness when it comes to not only the training volume that you're performing, but how well you are recovering from it. Just being aware of little muscle soreness, little aches and pains that you may develop from really pushing the envelope when it comes to training, or if you pull back the training volume, do your joints start to feel better? Do you start to feel a little less muscle soreness? And again, it doesn't mean that low volume training is the answer. It just means you finally gave your body the, the opportunity to fully recover, to, to allow your muscles to resensitize, to allow your body to fully repair itself. So all the fatigue in those muscles to completely dissipate. You haven't been giving your body that opportunity to do so. So now it has, now you can start ramping back up again. So again, that's why I really love periodizing my training volume. And again, each time having that heightened sense of awareness. Like I know when I'm at the end of that high volume training phase, it's I'm at my limits. It's time to freaking pull it back. I start to, I can feel it. I can feel the fatigue. Um, I can just tired a lot of the time. Um, little aches and pain, not, like, like, not pain. You know, I'm talking about just, just the joints just don't feel quite as good as they, they did before. And a little bit more muscle soreness. It just, the muscle soreness carries into the next workout. So you really got to be careful. You know you're at the point of overreaching at that time. So again, and, and the thing is, like comparing how we're training in our 40s compared to when we were in our 20s, and when we were in our 20s, we were like, not, we we're reckless <laughs> a lot of times back then. So just because you got to realize that they they were just looking at squats in this exercise. 20-year-olds doing this squat, 20-year-old, uh, 40 late 40s, early 50s doing squats. They weren't looking at, all right, you 20 year olds, let's compare what workouts you're doing right now and then take whatever you're doing, see how well you recover with that and then a typical workout that a 40 year old would or 50 year old would perform. How well are you guys recovering from that? It's it's not the same. You can't come to the conclusion that ah, this is training like we did in our 20s because I got to tell you, I was pretty damn reckless in my 20s. I wasn't doing, I wasn't warming up very well. I wasn't doing workup sets. I'd freaking go load that weight on the bar, go to do some deadlifts and put the working weight right on and, and, and crush it. And that's why I ran into little injuries with my lower back, injuries with my uh, shoulder here that you kind of pay the price over the years. Every once in a while, you feel those little niggles creep back up again because we were reckless back then. So training in our 40s, I think we just learned to be smarter with our training. And I think we can recover. I think we can recover just as well as when we did in our 20s when your training is structured properly, when you are um, when your lifestyle is optimized in a way for recovery, you're getting an adequate amount of sleep each and every night, quality sleep each and every night. You're managing your stress levels. You're consuming an adequate amount of macronutrients and micronutrients. You're fully hydrating. You're just doing all of those things. Now, the interesting thing I was about to say, like you're doing self massage, you're going for a massage, you're doing like red light therapy, all these things. Now, the interesting thing with this particular study, they also um, did some, what do they call it? Mixed recovery type stuff. So um, the one group was doing, uh, they were compression stuff and they did, I think, cold therapy. And they basically found that there was no difference in recovery when you use cold therapy and compression 
therapy, I think it is, that they're um, referring to in that study. And um, I've talked a lot about, I think, using uh, self-massage, using a massage gun to speed up your recovery. Now, the thing is, with the cold therapy, compression therapy, and with a massage gun, what happens is that your the muscle soreness that you experience can dissipate faster. You can that that muscle soreness can go away faster. That doesn't necessarily mean you are recovered between workouts. You can do that self massage. You can do the cold therapy, and your performance not be as good the next workout if you you didn't give yourself enough time between those two training sessions. So it's. It's fascinating to see this study look at that. It's something I've, I have heard before um, in regards to workout recovery, massage guns. It's, some people say it's a waste of money to use a massage gun. I don't think it's a waste of money. If you can get that muscle soreness to eliminate a lot faster, you're going to feel better. Even though you, may not, you might not reclaim your strength and endurance as much. I think you gain your mobility a little bit quicker. You just feel better. I think you just move better. So I think it has a lot of benefits. And again, for me, I find it as a great stress management technique. Um, just that act of winding down at the end of the day, doing a little self massage, it helps me wind down at the end of the day so I get a great sleep. So I think a lot of the feedback that I'm hearing from a lot of men over 40 who are looking at this research and they're hearing they're hearing some other guys saying another physique coach is saying you can train the same as you did in your 20s when you're over 40 these guys are like no the i i can't there's no i'm not they know they're not recovering like they did back then but again there's so many different factors that come into play and then these guys are saying i if i do the cold therapy i do feel better like i do feel like i'm recovering better but again we're using, we're just going based on muscle soreness as our form of recovery. Again, it's like, it's tough for research to look at how well we're recovering between workouts. It's tough for us to gauge how well we're recovering between workouts. Like it really is tough. There's so many different factors that really um, come into play here. But it's, it's interesting in here, like we do get benefits from those practices. And like I said, if cold therapy helps you, feel better, if it helps reduce the pain and inflammation a little bit faster for you, even though you might not be able to gain your strength and endurance the next workout, it still has a benefit that can help you, I think, mentally recover a little bit better between workouts. Same thing with the massage gun and all of that. And again, it's just so individual. We are all different. Some of us just feel better when we're only training three, four days per week. Some of us feel we recover better when we're in the gym six days per week. Now the thing is, when you're in the gym six days per week, you can spread your training volume over more um, training sessions. So the amount of time you're spending in the gym, each of those workouts is shorter. You're not kind of beating yourself down as much. You're not wearing yourself down through those workouts. So spreading it out, even though you're in the gym more often, you're not you're not punishing yourself as as much each workout. Whereas you're in the gym three days per week, four days per week, you need to kind of cram more training volume in shorter periods. You may it's gonna you're gonna require more days rest. But then some people would argue like having more full days of complete rest from the gym may help you recover better than having training with less volume each workout, but spreading it out over more sessions. Again, we need a lot more research when it comes to this. Um, but again, more than anything, before that research ever comes out, and even when it comes out, you need to know yourself. You need to have that heightened sense of awareness of what feels best to you. And if you are, again, accustomed to training six days per week, I know I used to be, um, 
even up to the past maybe two years ago, I loved being in the gym six days per week. I just, I loved being there. I loved the camaraderie. I felt good. I was recovering uh, just as well. But a couple years ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to drop it down to five days per week. Maybe because I just want to live my life to the fullest even outside of the gym. I want to still enjoy that passion that I have for training, but I wanted to have just free up a little bit more time that I can do other things in life, enjoy other uh, activities such as paddleboarding, biking, getting out for different kinds of hikes, different kinds of adventures, spend a little bit more time with my loved ones, and knowing that five days per week of training is going to get me the same result as when I'm six days per week of training. So um, again, it's going to be very individual. It's going to be very lifestyle driven. How many days per week you're going to be in the gym, how much time you have that you can dedicate to each workout in the gym. You may just not, your daily schedule may only allow you to be in the gym 30 to 45 minutes. So really that's, it's going to be your schedule that dictates your training, not research or anything like that. So again, it really needs to look at lifestyle and and if you're working long hours and you're trying to get in your training and trying to spend time with family, you want to make sure that you're not sacrificing sleep in there as well, because you know that sleep is a huge driver for recovery as well. So again, very, very individual, very requires a very heightened sense of awareness. Um, but I would love to hear from you at this point right now. Please drop a comment down below. Let me know, do you feel like it is tougher for you to recover from your training now than when we were younger? Um, but again, how much do you think it has to do with your current lifestyle, your current sleep schedule, your current stress levels, your current nutrition. So all those different factors, do you think those are playing a role in your ability to recover? Are you training super close to failure all the time? I would really love to hear what your training is like, what your recovery is like. So please, please take a moment to drop a comment down below. I'd really, really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed today's topic, please do me a favor and smash that thumbs up button. I'd really, really appreciate that. It helps the channel out a lot. And if you know a fellow bro who would benefit from watching today's podcast, please do him a favor and share it with them. Before you go. Don't forget to download your free guide, Jacked After 40. I hope you have yourself an amazing day. Catch you in the next podcast.